0: For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm your host, Heather Engel. Welcome to Cyber Strong, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Pentera. The leader in automated security validation, Pentera provides the capabilities of a thousand pen testers across your environment, allowing you to pinpoint true exposures and effectively prioritize remediation. To learn more about our sponsor, visit pentera.io. That's P-E-N-T-E-R-A.io. Joining me today is Michael Belton, Solutions Architect Team Lead with Pentera. Michael, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Heather. Glad to be here.
0: So, I'd like to start by asking you just to tell us a little bit about your role and your experience.
1: Sure. I lead a team of technical experts here in the Americas, and we focus on helping our customers do more with the Pentera products. My team has a deep background in penetration testing. And we bring that attacker's mindset to configuring and implementing and deploying the product so that our customers can get the most value out of it.
0: The conversation surrounding cyber exposure today is often dominated by CVEs and vulnerabilities. However, you wanted to talk with us about something a little bit different, and that's the concept of deadly defaults. When we say deadly defaults, what are we talking about? And can you give us some examples
1: of what you would classify in this category? Yeah, that's a great question. So in this context, deadly defaults are really a wide range of things, and they mostly revolve around the idea that the default settings in any given product are generally a little bit less strict than you would prefer in your environment, and that can lead to a variety of compromises that are non-intuitive. Comparing to a CVE, where we have this known vulnerability, there may be some public proof of concept code available. These are more insidious in that they are kind of built into the product. And if you don't have expertise on hand, or if maybe you haven't gone through all of the buttons and switches that they provide to you, you may be leaving yourself open. So a great example of that is broadcast protocols such as LLMNR, MDNS. These are often abused and have been abused for a couple of decades now to hijack or replay traffic related to authentication in a Microsoft environment. But it certainly extends way beyond that, right? We're talking about default credentials in web management interfaces on switches. We're talking about default credentials available through SSH or Telnet on a specific product or a particular type of server deployment. So it's really a wide range of potential issues.
0: So, as I'm hearing you talk, it strikes me that this is something that could get very quickly overwhelming for an organization, especially one of any size, right? With all of the different types of devices and internet facing tools that you might have in your environment. Do I have that right? This is something that can really be a lot to manage.
1: Yeah, you have that exactly right. It's quite a bit to manage, and often, It's a situation where you don't know what you don't know. And what I mean by that is, if you haven't thought through what are all the defaults in a typical Active Directory deployment, for example, if you haven't really thought through what all of those defaults are and how they can be abused, you're more often willing to accept the defaults because it's one of those situations where the manufacturer sent this, this is the way it's configured, this is the way I was told to do it. And the manufacturer is probably shooting for a situation where you have the highest level of interoperability and that shooting for that target of interoperability is kind of the slippery slope that leads to these types of defaults.
0: So you mentioned a couple of things that obviously makes these more dangerous than a CVE is the fact that it's built in. It's built for interoperability and maybe user ease of implementation. Is there anything else that makes these more dangerous than what we typically think of when we think of CVEs?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing that sort of puts them in the dangerous category, if you will, is that idea that we're not looking for them, right? Everybody's tuned up in the operational environment. They're tuned up to look for CVEs, The scanning systems, and all of these things are kind of set up for that. And a vulnerability scanner, for example, may indicate that, hey, this protocol is supported, but not really provide the context necessary to understand what it means from a practical exploitation perspective. You see these findings, for example, and again, if you don't have the background or the context, you think, okay, well, it's a protocol and the scanner's just letting me know. But in actual practice, some of these can be and are commonly abused by your paid-for pen testers and actual adversaries who are trying to compromise your networks. And so that fact that it's not a specific sort of highlighted thing that we're always looking for is really what makes them a bit more dangerous than CVEs. Obviously a CVE that's a one shot and you have system, for example, on a Windows machine or root in a Linux environment, ring zero in the kernel, whatever it is. Those are obviously very big issues for you to deal with, but the defaults are a little more insidious because they're there and you don't always have the context to understand just how damaging they might be. We'll be right back after
0: a quick word from our sponsor. Are you positive beyond a shadow of a doubt that your cybersecurity is effective against the latest attacks? Pantera is the leader in automated security validation. With a click of a button, Pantera provides the capabilities of 1,000 pen testers across your environment. Emulating real-world attacks, Pantera's platform tests the integrity of all the cybersecurity layers. Pantera allows you to pinpoint true exposures within your environment and effectively prioritize remediation. Know your real risk every day. Visit Pantera.io to schedule a demo and see how your security measures up. And now back to the podcast. What do you think the most common types of defaults that you see in the field are? You know, and across all the different organizations that you've worked with, what are some things
1: that stand out as commonalities? So in my many years of pen testing and now helping with Pantera, it's really mostly broadcast protocols is kind of where things start. You know, the ability to listen on a wire, wait for a machine to make a broadcast address, respond to it and say, hi, that's me and please authenticate to me. And then I'll pass these credentials along to some other system, right? That's probably the biggest issue and the one that I see most commonly abused. And then, you know, beyond that, it's really going to be focused on some of those other credential related issues and whatnot.
0: What's the most effective way to find these deadly defaults? Because we talked earlier about how this can pretty quickly get overwhelming in anything but a very small environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really boils down to a couple of things in my experience. First off, I'm a big fan of manual penetration testing, and that's a useful tool and always will be. But then products like Pantera, where we're doing continuous validation, where our products are built to perform these attacks and then once they're successful, really help you understand the blast radius of the attack. For things like you know, credential relaying and some of these other broadcast protocols that I mentioned, that's really a great way to do it. But ultimately, from my experience, it's practical exploitation of the problem to demonstrate the blast radius and the impact to your organization.
0: So how would you recommend that organizations handle these defaults? Once they've found them, what's the next step?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And really, that's probably the most difficult problem to tackle in that, you know, you can't just go and say, you know, I read a couple articles on the internet and it says I should disable X protocol, and so I'm going to do that. You really can't just do that without doing some testing. And so what I recommend is that you establish some sort of lab type environment where you can emulate some of the core systems that you have. So... For example, disabling certain things might impact your ability to print or to access some other sort of device that relies on more legacy protocols related to Windows, for example. And so you don't want to just go flipping switches and breaking your environment. What you really need to do is stage a simple test environment where you can turn these things on and off and see what the impact is at the desktop level or at the device level like a printer. Without that, you're really kind of wading into waters where you can potentially do more harm than good, meaning harm defined as downtime in your environment compared to a more structured approach with a more disciplined testing regimen to verify that the thing you're going to do and the thing you're recommending to implement is A, going to be effective and B, not impact the operational aspects of your systems. You know, at the end of the day, we're all doing this so that we can empower businesses with technology from the security side of the house. We're just trying to do that as safely as possible.
0: So, Michael, this has been a really interesting conversation. I think deadly defaults is something that we haven't necessarily heard that term coined before.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? I spoke about this at Black Hat last year. There's a much larger presentation that I've given that supports this. The deadly defaults are really a broad range of things. So at Black Hat, I talked about simple things like how you manage your pocket computer or what we sometimes call a cell phone, right? <laughs> Disabling your broadcast protocols, you know, your Bluetooth, your Wi-Fi, all of just sort of good hygiene there. And so I guess my point, my ultimate point is that this really impacts a broad range of devices. It's not just Windows machines in your environment. It's really a more holistic approach to how you do computing in a more secure and responsible fashion. Responsible meaning you're protecting yourself against threats.
0: Michael, thank you so much for your time. We enjoyed having you on the podcast.
1: Excellent, Heather, it was great meeting you and thank you for the opportunity.
0: For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Heather Engel. CyberStrong is a Cybercrime Magazine podcast series brought to you by Pentera, The leader in automated security validation, Pentera provides the capabilities of 1,000 pen testers across your environment, allowing you to pinpoint true exposures and effectively prioritize remediation to learn more about our sponsor, visit Pantera.io. That's P E N T E R A.io.